Welcome to Eagle Nation. Don't forget to join us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter so you never miss an episode. Well, if you can't kick goals, you don't win a game of footy. It's that simple. Once boasting the forward line that all other teams used to envy, now it looks like a shell of itself. But we'll talk about that and a bit more in episode 11. And joining me today is uh, Dan. Welcome, Dan. How you going, mate? Uh, very good, mate. Back to uh, off Zoom, which I'm really enjoying. So it's great to be back live in the studio. Uh, Dan's uh, been off with COVID and Wayne can't get with us tonight because he's still uh, feeling the effects. We talked off air, Dan, about, you know, what COVID could do to a player and stuff like that. Um, like you said, um, it attacks everyone differently. So, uh, it, it really does. And, um, yeah, we, as it was, I said, we talked about this off air and we relate to if we were AFL players. So forget how unfit we are right now, especially myself, mainly talking for myself there. But I said to Wazza and put the question, all right, so we've come out of isolation. Um, could we play footy on Friday? Would we be gassed? Would we be tanked? And the answer is, yeah, we would be burnt out. And something would have been crucial on the two-way running. That would be non-existent. And then, as you said, it affects people differently. So we've got players, uh, I think Shuey, uh, Gov was one um, as well, uh, where it wasn't just the one week off. They had to have the two weeks off because they weren't right coming back from COVID. They, it does gas them out and they're a bit of a shallow player. And that's the reality we face now. And uh, people, everyone's acknowledged it, but because it's – been going on a while, you become accustomed to it. Yeah. And the problem with that, you feel like it's no longer an excuse because now we're accustomed to it. But the reality of it is you've got these Victorian clubs or other clubs because even Frio had a big loss on the weekend and they've got hit with six. So, yeah, these players come back in, but they're gassed. So I actually tipped Suns to win that game based on that. I've seen firsthand what happens when COVID goes through your club. Even when they come back, they're not right. And that's shown the weekend. And with these Victorian clubs, they had COVID six months ago. They had COVID during the preseason, which allowed them to then train and get their fitness back. We haven't got that luxury. We're dealing with this in season. We're dealing with it now. So they get COVID now. It's like, right, you're chucked straight back in the deep end and you've got to get your fitness and you've got to overcome the COVID in season in games where other clubs have had the luxury to be able to train and get their resume back up, you know? Yeah, their workloads probably wouldn't have been as much as well. And yeah, brief. Yeah, well, like you said, um, if the Victorian clubs are getting it, it's only one or two of them. Not like bulk that uh, West Coast and now Frio have been getting. So, look, it affects everyone differently in different ways, mate. So, but at some time or other, you have to um, stop making excuses. Put the excuses to the side, even though that they're there. And I briefly touched with um, Tom last week, mate. Um, so I'll bring it up with you. In the last four to five weeks, um, it's been the worst in the Eagles in history uh, for losses. Um, we were beaten by 109 points, uh, 55 points. No, I've got that wrong. I don't know what I'm reading here. <laughs> 63 points, 84 points, 109 points, 75 points, 74 points. The last time a team had losses like that was when Fitzroy played. So that's a long time ago. Yeah, not really surprising, though, in the position we're in. I think I counted 17 players on our injury slash COVID list this week. So it's understandable. And the thing with that, too, is um, 
all those teams, I think, except for Porter in the top of the ladder and two of them are the top two teams right now. Um, so all these big losses have come against good teams and Port right now is on, what, four win streak right yep, now? Yep. So we are playing the top of the ladder. We knew that was always going to come. Um, but, yeah, I just – I just it, it feels funny always talking about COVID. It feels funny always talking about injuries. But it's just the position we really find ourselves in. And let's just look at the game. We'll obviously go into that detail later. But look at the game right now, Wazza. So let's say on the weekend, you know, Nick Nat's obviously not playing. Shuey's not playing. Yo's not playing. Gaff's not playing. And Redden's not playing. So we, w- we won't worry about the forwards and backs, you know, JK and yep. Hearn. We'll just focus on that midfield, our core midfield. Now, Melbourne's a great side playing great footy. Top of the ladder for a reason. Came over and gave us a toucher. If you took Max Gorn out of that side, which is basically the equivalent of Nick Nat, if you took Petrarca out of that side, so Shuey's out the side, if you took Oliver out the side, well, then you got your Sheed out the side. If you took Viney out that side, well, then there's your Yo out the side. And then if you took, say, a Langdon or a Brayshaw out sure. that side, either one, yeah. there's your Gaff out the side. And I know it's not like for like as in which are the better plays, but it doesn't matter. It's still... Those core players are they're still out of top end players. They, where would they be? Yeah. Do, did you think they'll still be on top ladder or the bottom? Of course not. And do you think they would be getting smashed? Yeah, of course they would. And then you go forwards. Oh, your leading goal kicker. Let's yank that out of Melbourne. Yep. You know, so Gov played, but let's say May was missing games earlier. You know, Gov was, but we'll leave May there because obviously Gov's playing. He's our main one. But then Hearn's not playing. He's probably behind Gov because Brass has been missing one of the better defence. So then take Lever out of that side. So. If you compare what's happening to the Eagles, just compare it to the top of the ladder teams, even do it to Brisbane, and just ask yourself the question, where do you think they would be on the ladder? And you'd be kidding yourself if you didn't if you thought they'd still be top eight. They'd yeah, be bottom they four. Be. They'd be in the bottom, bottom of the ladder, yeah. without a doubt. Yeah. Uh, can't disagree with that. Um, and that is – that's it. And, well, history says the fitter teams are in the top eight. The fitter teams play for the grand final. Yep. Uh, the teams with the less injuries, you know, and history says teams that have shocking injury tolls like it was did in 2010, they didn't have it to the extent they have now, but you end up down the bottom. The thing is we've got to put that aside now because we know that's a problem. So we've got the cattle on there on the park. So let's talk about the game. And I said briefly at the top of the show, if you can't kick goals, you don't win a game of football. Um, the last three weeks – Four goals, four goals and five goals. That's never going to get you anywhere in a game of football. And where people say, well, it's a forward's fault. Well, it's not entirely the forward's fault. It's it's the way the ball gets delivered. It's how much gets it gets delivered. And we're getting an average of 33 forward entries a game. So something's breaking down. Uh, definitely so. And you... you it's easy to point fingers at the forwards um, because you look at our forwards, their numbers are all so far down. But as you said, it's delivery in the forward line. It's supply, and they're not getting it, and that starts in, in the middle of the ground. So if you're getting smashed in clearances, you're getting smashed in disposals. You don't have much of the ball. You're not getting it forward. You're not getting this clean ball forward. And that's the problem we're in right now. So until that's fixed, you're not going to see the best of Ryan. You're not going to see the best of Dar. You're not going to see the best of JK. JK's been great in the games he's played where he's took advantage of um, the opportunities he's had. You know, I think he, before he went out injured, uh, it was 2.3 goals a game or something. But that's masking over it a bit, what's happening, because they're not seeing the ball. 
average of 33 inside. Yeah, it's not good enough. Mate, teams get that in a quarter sometimes when it's a when they're blowing a team out the park. They'll well, get that in a quarter with well, these repeat entries. Like. Well, you just said clearances and stoppages and all that. On the weekend against Melbourne, they pretty much even the contest. And for the second and third quarter, we actually had more clearances and more stoppages. But we just couldn't get it on the scoreboard. But that they were the two quarters, though, was it, where we actually played good footy yeah, and so we didn't get blown but, out the water. But we didn't get the reward that we're supposed to be getting. Definitely not. And I, I had a look, and I don't know why I do this, because when we have a loss, I go back and watch a game again. And I don't know why I do it. It's, it's like a horror show every time I do it. So, I say that to you all the time. I've got no idea why you do it. I do it just to break down things. And the one thing I took out of it was every time we got the ball across half back, our whole team stopped. And I don't know why the whole team stopped. When I saw Melbourne get off half back, as soon as that guy got off half back, he ran. So that made another person run. So they backed themselves to run, and that's how they got the overlap going. That's what the Eagles just got to back themselves. And if you get the ball, play on. So it makes it your players run into open space. And that was the only difference in the last quarter when they overran us and kicked seven goals in the last quarter because they just kept running. We got the ball, stopped, waited, kicked down the line. And I know why they kicked down the line to make a contest because that's where we sort of like probably did pretty good in the contest. Uh, yeah, and uh, tackling too, so we didn't make it easy on them. But to me what it is, is um, we, we might be trying to go quick, we might be trying to go through the corridor, but these chains of plays, it's our disposal efficiency. That's like that. The Richmond game was the horrid, but every game you watch, it'll be one possession good, two possession good, three possession good, but then on the fourth possession, it's a turnover. Yeah. So you've got all our players running forward and then it's a turnover and then they score on our turnovers and it's happening week in, week out. So that's where our forward's not getting it. So there's one bad disposal that breaks that chain of play and it costs us. And these things are happening week in, week out and it's effectively a 12-goal turnaround because there's times where we're looking dangerous, we've got the overlap, we've got the loose players, we're running forward. If they hit targets, we get the goal. Then one sloppy disposal, suddenly Melbourne's got the ball and they're sprinting to their side of the ground. So instead of us having a shot on goal, which we should be getting, and you can see on the TV the setup of play, you feel like this will get a goal here. One bad kick, one missed hand pass, then suddenly Melbourne gets it down their end, the ground's opened up, they've got room to run in, and then they get a goal. So instead of so that's what I mean with by a twelve point per turnaround, and it's happening time and time again. So until they clean up that disposal efficiency, uh, we're not going to go anywhere, especially if we're trying to play uh, attacking more style yeah. of game. Um, in the third quarter, there was a bit of a turning point, and at the ground it was horrific, and Eagles had all the momentum. They were actually they weren't put on the scoreboard, but they had the play for five minutes, and I never usually like bringing the umpires into it, but the umpire number 28 at the ground second-guessed himself about four or five times. I don't know if you see it on the TV, but he second-guessed himself and then he made the worst decision I've seen this year and that was McGovern. Oh. And now – and listen back to the commentary on the radio and on the TV. That guy should not be umpiring this week, but that – and Melbourne were probably going to win the game anyway, but that – Pivotal goal at that time broke down five minutes of good play by the Eagles. 
even though we were going to get the reward on the scoreboard. And that's sort of like, after that, it was deflated because we think we kicked one goal after that. Mate, but you even watched it. So it was obviously uh, Gov took the great intercept mark, as, as he does, great year yep. he's having, and goes to kick it. And then Petrucca comes from behind the side and runs into smother it. And you're supposed to stand on the mark. You're not allowed to do that anymore. No. Um, should have been a 50 to Eagles. It should have been a 50. But you look at what Petrarca does then. He throws his arm and he stares at the umpire because he knows he's effed up there. He stares at the umpire at like a guilty child. So when a player does that, they know they've made a mistake and are waiting for the umpire to make the call. So when an opposition player turns around, does something and stares at the umpire, you know that he's made a mistake and is waiting for the umpire to call decision. But he didn't. And then he called play on. Yeah. But Gov hadn't played on. He hadn't gone off no. his line. He just said the guy's... Come from nowhere. He's not standing the mark, and he's uh, you've allowed him to run in and spoil. And then he pinned Gov for deliberate out of bounds because he got tackled. I just that chain of bad umpiring decisions would pre- probably be the worst I've seen in a long time. It, it was, and you we, you wouldn't have seen it on the TV. But after that, once they you know the, I don't know where the camera went to, but Petraka and. McGovern is having a bit of a chat about it, having a bit of a laugh. Mm. And Petraka probably knew he got away with it, you know what I mean? And, uh, 100%. And uh, McGovern, he wasn't happy um, and the whole crowd wasn't happy. And after that, we got a couple of square-ups, but none up in the forward line. But let's talk about some highlights out of the game. You know, the, Eagles, the, the boys had a crack. They, the effort was there, they had a crack, but they couldn't sustain it. Um and like you said, if that's because of COVID or fitness or just our skills, you couldn't contain it. But Connor West probably played his best game for the Eagles. Yeah, 29 disposals, eight inside 50s, 405 metres uh, gain, five clearances. He was he was everywhere. And I know his efficiency is probably not the best at times, but he had a real crack and it sort of like lifted the boys a little bit. And TK... Tim Kelly, I'll briefly mention him. He, he was pretty good as well. 507 metres gained. He had 32 possessions, uh, four inside 50s and seven intercept marks. Uh, not marks, intercepts. So um, those two there, they were pretty good for us. Oh, great game. They really carried it. Um, so I'll touch on Wes first. Um, I just love how poised he was in traffic. It, he's obviously not Chris Judd, but it reminded me of what Judd used to do in a pack where he would stop, accelerate, stop, accelerate and change angles to avoid tackles or avoid the players. And he did that a lot just to get around to him. Um, by far his best game. And that's what we need. We need – and what we need and also what we're lacking too, you know. You've got two midfielders stand up and play games like that where we miss where we've got the three or four midfielders doing it. That, that's, that's the game to me. And – Cleaner users of the ball, to be honest. It's yep. not just rotating anyone through there that can play. Um, and TK, I actually had him as best on ground. He did it. West came good at the end of the game, I think, where TK was uh, – so Tim Kelly was more throughout the whole game. And he, yep. he, he, he kept us in it almost early too. Not in it, but, you know, yep. not getting absolutely destroyed. And um, the metres gained, I love. It shows he's kicking. It shows he's running. It shows he's gone forward. He's not going backwards. He's not a parish that gets 40 disposals or a Tom Mitchell that just one, two hand passes, you know. Yeah. So that's why I love the metres gained stat. Um, it was absolutely great. And um, for the knockers out there, forget the trade. Tim Kelly did not, is not in charge of trades. Yeah, no. He said he wants to come back. We wanted him back. If you, 
O'Brien, am I correct in saying he's in charge of trades? Yeah, he's a recruiter. Recruiter. Head of recruitment. Yep. If you're not happy with the trades, look at them. And at the time that trade was done, it was 55% in our favour. They did votes on the AFL website. Yep. 45 in Geelong's favour. Mm. So the majority of the people thought it was us. The fact that we're not in finals contention now, that is not Tim Kelly's fault. No. And the trade is not Tim Kelly's fault. No. So just look at what he's doing. He came here and that's when COVID hit but and it, the seasons have been erratic. The seasons have been weird. The last three years, Eagles have been hit with injuries. So you've got to look at the strength and conditioning stuff. Again... Kelly's not our doctor. He's not in charge yeah. of strength and conditioning. It's an easy out for yeah. fans, but it is because they don't they are not educated or they just blinded. But just and it's an easy out. A hundred percent. It is a hundred percent. So just look at his and this isn't his first good guy. This, I'm talking about just this year. He's been injured and he's been out with COVID. And beginning of the year, it was ISO because the rules were different in WA. Um, I think he was close to best on ground. I think it was against Port as well when we got smashed there too. Yeah, so I he's bet. had two games where he's been close to best on ground in a decimated side that's getting smashed. So I'm thankful he's there because imagine if he wasn't there, then they'd sit someone on West and imagine what that scoreline yep. would be then. Yeah. Um, look, you just hit the nail on the head. I, I've had him voted in three games out of – I think he's only played the five. Um, but And he's playing a different role to Cats. So, those, yeah, like you said – I get pissed off when people bring up the trade all the time. It's just an easy out. Um, it's like bagging an umpire for a, like I've just done. But, I mean, it's an easy out. Um, another player that I thought played pretty good was um, Jack Redden. I think he's he's been probably most consistent when he's played this year. He'd be, I, I'd say, between him and McGovern. McGovern played really good as well. Again, Barras, down back, those two guys, without them would be getting killed. You did... Talk about turnovers. Do you know the actual score that Melbourne got from our turnovers? Uh, no, I don't. How much was it? If they had a kick straight, it would have been ugly. It would have been, but that, it, it was would... five goals, ten from turnovers. Yeah, see, that so was... So if they uh, kicked straight, that game would have been uglier than it was. Was it 23 scores from turnovers against the Tigers? It was 19. See, that's where that's where we're falling so apart. It's was only four we less. We really are. Like, yep. And we've been known to be a very good disposal efficiency side. Yeah. Um, even up forward, we touched on the beginning. We usually take it our chances. So that's where we're falling apart. So we just need to get a regular crew on there, players that are used to running running patterns and training drills together because that's where this happens, the cohesion. Because what happens if you're making five, six changes every week, you're blooding players that haven't been in there, let's say like a Nasha top-up player, Dixon, they'll be running. They're not expecting the handball. They're not paying attention. When they're drilled together and trained together – they will be like, all right, I'm going to run past because I'll get the quick hands here. There's no cohesion with these players, and that's evident on the field. I think that's why sometimes we're missing targets. Players aren't expecting the ball when they should be expecting well, the it. ball. And just little things like that. But I definitely had B Pardon Gov up there as the best. It's just breakout year for him, which is ridiculous to say. But I think people that um, have been a bit hard on him is now seeing his worth and um, great. And I've had Brass up there too, but to me, Gov... He's just – he's been our best player this year. Well, McGovern last year was the first one that said we let the fans down and he he was one of the guys that come back the fittest he's ever been at the club and he's shown – you know, we, we talk about leaders, captaincy with Shuey and stuff like that. McGovern's just jumped in and, you know, he, he was lucky he was a born leader and he's taken the bull by the horns, as you call it, and it's been uh, – uh, to me, he's in all-Australian form. Um and probably the only thing that probably will stop him because he's in a losing side. 
Yeah, I remember one year they um, said that about McKenzie, and I, was, I really didn't like it. Um, I think it was Alex Rance's first jersey, uh, All Australian Guernsey or Jersey, whatever you call it, or jacket. Um, and what happened was it was uh, Eric McKenzie when he had that great year and he just shut down every player. Yeah. And he was supposed to be a lock. And they said, oh, we felt bad giving it to him. We gave it to Rance because Tigers won more games that year. Mm. And that never sat well with me. Um, so if Gov doesn't make the All-Australian because we didn't win enough games, that doesn't sit well with me either because you compare to someone like May who's probably next in line, Gov's got him beat. He's making more contested marks, taking more marks, more, you know, basically everything. Like you can't judge a player on AFL fantasy, but you look at who's – Holds more AFL fantasy points. Gov's ahead of May because he's just more proactive down there, and uh, he's now scoring a lot more than May as well. That was uh, a beautiful goal, goal was, wasn't it? Oh, was it sixty? Of two steps, it was amazing. You could see it happening um, at the ground. I'm going, Samo, he's not going to make this, and then see McGovern run down, and I'm going, here we go, here we go. Yeah. Oh, uh, and yeah. it was. Again, not many highlights for the game, so that was a good – and he probably – he had a big smile on his face after that, yeah. even though we were getting belted then. <laughs> Smiled all the way as he was running back to the defence. <laughs> well, um, that's enough about talking about the game. I'm briefly just going to talk about the waffle. The waffle was a joke. Uh, we had to borrow two players from Eastry Mantle. One was supposed to be de- debuting for Eastry Mantle, so ended up debuting for West Coast. So um, we had three players. I think there was uh, – uh, True, Ho, Hoff, and who was the other one? Bazo, I believe, the defender. And Bazo. Um, and so the rest were top-up players. Now, the Waffle, and I'm on a few Waffle pages, so if you're not on any Waffle pages on social media, get on there. And the Waffle has to frigging wake up. And I know the Eagles haven't got the players on there. And, you know, if you have an average of 12 players, they'll be competitive. But if you want to be a true competition – Get the recruiting points right because watching that game, and I I know a couple of Eastern Mantle players, and they said it was like a training drill. He said he goes, it's not enjoyable. You want a competitive game in the waffle because that's what you're there for, and it was like one sided. So it was like a scratch match to them. So if you want to see more of that uh, waffle, that WAFC, just keep the way you're going because the the competition is just going to die a slow death. Yeah, I don't know. I think I'm falling on the other side of that because you just read the Eagles players playing. There are three teenagers and they're not real ready. And uh, Hoff's and coming on. off a back injury. True's coming off splints and back injuries as well. So he's on limited game time. Uh, 17 players. I think we touched on this. 17 players on our injury list right now. Or we'll say unavailable because it's obviously... It's 18 actually. Well. It's 18 now. Yep. So that's what I'm saying. Like, you chuck... The, You've always got injuries, okay? So let's yep. just say five or six players are still on the injury list because let's be realistic. But you said the number. Let's just say you put 12 Eagles-listed players in that side, you will have a vastly more competitive side. So I think, yes, it's not it's, yeah, but it's not a good look now. I understand why yep. we're getting smashed. Yep. But they can't – I almost sit there and go, well, you can't give us two, three extra waffle players now because you put those 12 extra players in from the Eagles and then three, four extra waffle players – I think they would dominate. I think that would be way too big. And I think that's why Waffle's not doing it, because they're scared. But the problem is here, the start of the year, they wouldn't give you Waffle players. But but when the time suited them, they will, right? Now, they were only allowed to take one player from each club and it had to be a player that wasn't playing league. Now, that's just bullshit. Now, if you look at the SANFL model and the VFL model, they're allowed to have – everyone's got recruiting points and you're allowed to have certain amount of – 
AFL players. But like with Adelaide, say with Marston when he retired, if he was playing for Adelaide, he could still play in Adelaide's SANFL side. You can't do that here. And that's just bullshit. See, little tweaks like that I don't mind, Moza, but the VFL and the Eastern Conference, I think they still do call it their VFL, it's a bit different because you can – every team, and there's 10 teams just in Melbourne, have their own VFL side. So they're kind of working to the same rules. Where here, it's Freire's got affiliated in us, so they're worried that we'll end up dominating the comp where – the Vicks can't dominate the comp because you've got nine other teams with this exact same scenario with the exact amount of listed AFL players as you. So it's very weird and it's just – it frustrates me because for development. And again, it's not the Waffle side. It's, it's not the AFL side. Like Jack Williams, I'm so high on this young forward. I haven't seen him play in two, three weeks, was I? Yeah. And again, it's COVID and injuries. I, I get that. I understand that. You know, we're not saying it's an excuse. We're just talking about because it it's a reality and it's where we are now. Yeah. But this kid's not even playing waffle. So I love the fact we've got our own side. And I don't think you can change much because I think when we do have the players back, um, we will dominate or at least be very competitive. But I just... As a spectator, I hate watching it now. When you've got three teenagers, two of them coming off injuries and on limited game time, and that's your waffle team, it is horrible. I, I think I miss you saying this will be a slaughter. I think yeah. I miss you. And it takes enjoyment now. I love watching the young kids play and seeing how they go and watching Jack Williams kick two, three goals. You know, I, I love that. Watching O'Neill and West and True when they were up and firing, running through that midfield last year. Oh, it was the year before. Whenever the waffle was going, it was it was great, and it's what we needed. We're not seeing that now. You know, you've got Foley playing here, you've got uh, Waterman playing because there's no list. These play, players might be in the waffle, you know. Yeah. So it just adds that extra skill that we just don't have there. And I don't know what we're going to do, mate. Because if the strength and conditioning coaches and the doctors down at the club cannot get this right, the waffle team can't work. Yeah, well, and it comes out, and it we can't work in the AFL. We've seen it the last three years, and that's what kills me because everyone's like Simo, Simo, Simo. But the last three years, guys, our injuries—it's deeper than that. There's more to it than just the head coach. The last three years, we have dealt with this. I think we talked about was it 2020? We for eight weeks in a row, we were premiership favourites. Then the last month of footy before finals, injuries struck, and ever since then, we've never had a fit squad. Ever since that moment, and that was three years ago. The only reason why the coach cops it is because, again, an easy cop out. Because people don't see it, they don't understand the machinations of football, and it's an easy cop out, Dan. To me, fortunately, the coach is the one that's going to cop it. Well, you know, he's the head figure, so it's his job to cop it to a certain degree. But when you've got a pretty fit list and your team's not working, then I would be first say time yep. to move on to But that is not what we're dealing with. It's like playing poker with two less cards. So You can't win with two less cards in poker. People out there, instead of saying Simo, say Mark Finnecane or Warren Cofed because they're the sports science guys, all right? We so, really do have to look at that. And I hate pointing a finger, but something is not right there for three years of injuries. Well, Cofed's been there 12 years, yeah. right? I'm um, not pinning on Warren Cofed because he's got the runs on the board at Richmond and West Coast. But at the end of the day, we're at a spot now where we've talked about it before. If we're in the rebuild like um, Russell Gibbs come out and said, and it's official, you need to look at every position 
and go down and work out which ones need to be rectified. Uh, I'm going off tangent here, but the recruiter, Nisbet said, oh, O'Brien's thinking about uh, stepping away from it, but we've kept him, we're asking him to keep on for another year to the end of the year. No, we're in a rebuild. Move him on now. Yeah. Move um, him on. Get, get a fresh person that's going to be there five years. You yeah. Don't worry, worry about just the players who aren't going to be there in five years. If that head recruiter ain't going to be there in five years, move him on now and get somebody who's going to be there. See, the, the, this is a little bit of a ridiculous. A ridiculous statement, but I think there's a bit of sense. When you're getting such an early pick, so let's just say right now, bomber ladder pick one, or it'll be pick two if Ruse keep trying to steal it from us like they're doing. <laughs> you don't need to be the best recruiter. Like, you don't, because everyone knows, a spectator on the couch knows who the best few kids That's are it. in the competition. Yeah. When you've got the late teens, pick mid-teens, you need a good recruiter because they need to know who's available, who to look at. They have to have a spot on list. Yeah. So get someone that you think could go well in recruiting. They cannot mess up a pick one or two. Do not go a forward winning mids. But do you, do you, there is a bit yeah, of sense to that, isn't it's, there? It's common sense. If you've got such an early pick, it's very hard to yeah. mess up. To, as far as I'm going to, top ten pick, you're guaranteed an All-Australian. Yeah. If you don't get an All-Australian out of that top 10 pick, you've buggered up. And think of the Shep, uh, Gaff, uh, Nick Nat, they're the ones we've had playing for us recently. All of them got an All-Australian jumper. Again, you know, whatever badge they put on your plays or whatever they actually want to call it. And All-Australian. And to me, that's the tick. If you get a top 10 pick, you need to get an All-Australian player. Yeah. Pick one and two. Right away, we know who the best two, three, four even midfielders are in the comp. And look, I know a couple of scouts are listening to this show, so don't take it personally, but that's just the way forward yeah. when I say something like that about O'Brien. You know, if he's just been held on to, to save so they can wait to the end of the year, no, get rid of him now. That's the way I'd be doing it, but I'm not the CEO, I'm not the chairman, so... But all those positions, we've talked about it last week in other shows, and we're not going to go on about it. Let's talk about the Giants. Uh, Eagles play them this Sunday at... 12, 10pm. Um, Giants are coming off a 30-point loss against Carlton. We're coming off a 75-point loss against Melbourne. This is a winnable game for the Eagles in the way both teams are playing at the moment. The only deciding factor here that makes me think that Eagles probably drawing the short straw again is it's the first game for Mark McVeigh as an interim coach. And we all know the history of coaches that come in for the first week. They let the players play yep. free, go for it, and they seem to always. Well, I think ninety five percent of the cha- time they win the first the first game up. So, unluckily, the Eagles have drawn that, but you know it's a good good chance. Eagles have had two big winning margins against them: one hundred and eleven points back in two thousand and fourteen, and uh, hundred points in that uh, one hundred and eleven points. We called. We scored thirty goals. JK kicked eleven. Oh, let's hope he can. Oh, he might not be playing again. But that was only yeah. the third time we played um, the Giants, uh, and the week the time we played before was a hundred points, two thousand thirteen. The biggest score for the Giants winning margin is sixty seven in the semi final in two thousand seventeen, when we smashed. Um, I think it was Essendon the week before, and then um, we went and played the Giants, and they smashed us. No, was no, it the wasn't. port after the siren? Yeah, it was after port. port. That's right. Yeah, yeah. That's it. So that's the biggest score for them. So, you know, they've got a few players out. Daniels is out with a foot. Uh, Phil Davis, a hamstring. Hopper's a knee. And Lloyd, 
they're the main ones, uh, and Young Buckley. So they're the they're the only ones that are really injured. And that's why I don't. I'm not confident going over there because, as again, I feel like I'm just repeating our situation. All the fans and supporters out there, they know our situation we're in. That look at that injury list from GWS. Oh, wouldn't you love that injury list? So they've still got their stars on the puck. Yep. They're not performing. That's when I think you should come for the coach. That scenario is when you come for the coach and he's gone. And you are right. They're in the honeymoon period right now. Breath of fresh air comes in with a new coach and they tend to win. But, you know, they got Coniglio. they got Kelly. they got Taranto. They've still got all their stars there. Toby Green's up forward, you know. So it's just... I don't know, and I'm expecting another four, five, maybe six changes again this week because it's happening weekly. We have not got one player left now that's played every week. No. Not one. That, that's unbelievable now. Like, Well, I'm calling the GWS Bombers this week <laughs> because uh, if you've been under, living under a rock, James Hurd's in as an assistant coach, which has probably caused a bit of uh, media, whatever the word is. For all. For all. And they brought in Dean Solomon from outside, which is weird for an interim coach to bring somebody from the outside in. Yeah. So uh, maybe it's a little package they're trying to put together. It's going to be interesting to see how what you – know, I don't think the game plan is going to change too much, but they have been playing a bit like us, a bit haphazarded, slow off the halfback. But we know they can run in waves, as the orange tsunami, as they used to call it. They've got some good players in there, as you said, Tom and Toby Green, Coniglio, Kelly's playing his best football for the club. Taranto, he's probably he'll probably have a breakout game this week. He hasn't had a great game, season this year. Uh, Perryman, uh, you got Ward, Whitfield on the outside. Bobby Hill, and uh, I like this player, DeBoer, next Frio player. Yeah, but who's he going to tag, mate? There's no one really to tag. Well, there's probably not. Kelly. Yeah, you know, try to take him out, I guess. So um, it's going to be interesting how they um, they set up. Um, it's at the – what is it? It used to be called the Showgrounds, but it's a uh, giant stadium. Look, it's a winnable game. If the guys can back themselves in confidence, uh, this would be one game, like you said, we're going to have probably five changes and that cohesion, the synergy, as uh, Simo calls it, is probably not there, but it's a winnable game. And if you can put the pressure on them and keep the pressure on them but get forward, we might be sitting here having a bit of a laugh. But do we want to win? Well, no, we want that first spot, but I'm not as high as you because I would feel like I'm betraying what I've said where I think the injuries and COVID, broken record people, I'm going again. You can't have 18 players out. I don't care what team you are, and we've got 18 players out. Um, So, no, I don't think we can go over there and win, and it's a harsh reality, and I don't know. um, If we do get up and win, it would make the win way more meaningful. It would. I'd be so much happier with that win, but again, we're going over. We're going over beaten. We're going over bruised. You know, Foley's out. Who's playing great footy? Liam Ryan, who's been down on form, but again, you can't be too hard on the forwards because they're not seeing enough of it. They're not there. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I, I don't know how we're going to go. Uh, I just like to see guts performance, and you touched on. Um, Gov's goal, you know, I just, watching these games, you just want to see highlights as well. Yeah. You know, something exciting to get you exciting. West's game was great, so that was another Le- highlight, you know, so that's what we got to see. Liam Ryden tried to do a couple of uh, highlights, highlights, get it out, but he's missing a week for the bump. Do you agree with that? Oh, yeah, he, yeah. he got him in the head. That's I thought he was lucky to get one. 
No, no, because it was the force, and he got up. It, yeah, it, right. it looked bad slow mo, but no, yeah. it wasn't a he, he hard bump. Yeah, it wasn't. He is a hard young kid. That if he knocked, if he knocked him out, yeah. there would different story. Well, the players that are missing: uh, Cole and Chesser in, in inactive. Tom Joyce he's in inactive, so he'll probably be put on that list, so we can go on the preseason draft. I'm going to briefly touch on you with that in a second. Um, O'Neill's out for seven weeks, so. He was only for a real crack, but he, he might be he might be on the chopping block at the end of the year. Well, we'll wait to the end, yeah. but we'll talk about that soon. Nat Nui, six weeks. Depends on which uh, media outlet you want to believe. Uh, Langdon, five weeks. Uh, Oscar Allen, well, who knows what's going on with him. He says he's nearly ready, then the club says he's not, then he's in a moon boot, and then he's not. Um, but it says three weeks. Petrocelli with a hamstring still. Uh the one I'm surprised at, Willie Rioli, was only two weeks two weeks ago and now he's three weeks away. So I don't know what's going on there. Hamstring, Liam Ryan, he's done a hammy but he's out with um, suspension. Uh, Shannon Hearn, calf, they said it's only a minor, so maybe two weeks, two rounds. Uh, Kennedy, knee soreness again. So last week I, I sort of was calling a bit bullshit but maybe I was wrong. <laughs> I'll, I'll admit I'm wrong sometimes um, Foley, concussion That was sickening, that was Yeah He didn't even move uh, On the replay though, like I don't know why there was an uproar from all the Victorian media Like it was semi-two actions Like he could have gone sideways and tackled him But he's wrapped him up from high And you could see him use force to yeah, he's, he's push him force. down Yeah and like it, and it was not a sling, so it wasn't a sling, but it was a swinging action where he's almost dove him into the ground. And you watch his slow mo; it almost was like two actions. So he's tackled him, and he hasn't gone forward with him. So and he's pulled him down, pushed him down, uh, and arms pinned. So Chandler knew he's going to get done for that. When he did it, he, he knew he'd done it, and yeah. he, he could see it on his face. Yeah, and um, you know he's only a young player, and you could see it on his face. He was. Oh, he goes, I've fucked up here. Yeah. And he knew. So, and that's why the club didn't challenge it. So, um, yeah, it was, a, and like you said, if uh, Foley got up, he might not have got it. But he didn't move. So, yeah. Oh, um, he was out, out. Yeah. So, uh, Dom Sheed, he could be playing Waffle this week, but I think they might err on the side of caution and wait to the next week. But I got told he might be playing this week. Oh, I'd love to see that. Um, and if that's, if that's true, that's going to be good for us. Um, and all the rest of tests, uh, Elliot Yo, I heard on Ray today, he won't play because uh, he hasn't got the workload into him. Um, Luke Shuey's a test. If he gets through training on Thursday, he'll play. Same as Gaff, he's just got to tick a couple of boxes and that's it, really. And see, the funny thing is there, they're not fully transparent. So that list was huge, Wadza. That's the worst now. But Chuck Duggan on there. Because there's rumours he's gone in for surgery because his knee's so sore as well. Yeah. So that could be how it might not. He might line up a weekend, but that's just a rumour. So that could be added to this. And where's out- Jack Williams? I touched on the waffle rap. Is he going to play waffle this weekend? If not, they're lying. He's obviously injured yeah. and sore as well, but they don't want to put it Unless on. Unless he's no. having a hard COVID. I'm sure he well, was on COVID if, last week. If, if it's COVID, he still should be on that list. Him and because, Stranatica. Yeah. Him and Stranatica were, I think, late COVID last week. Um, and where was I going to go? Uh, who was the player I was just going to mention? Oh, Duggan? Was about Duggan, Duggan's Duggan. knee? Um, he carried Redden off after the game and he played out the game. Too sore then, yeah. So to me it can't be too bad if he's carrying somebody off. I heard it was like more a cleaning out thing because he had two surgeries last year on the knee. Um, yeah, he did a PCL. Um, so. 
But hey, like but, I said, yeah. they've kept it quiet. We'll soon find out tomorrow, Thursday. So by the time you're hearing this um, podcast, depends on it when you hear it, when it drops. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll soon find out. Like you said, yeah. probably going to be five, um, five changes. So I'm taking it. You're going to pick the Giants by how much? Oh. 47 points. Oh, it, right. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be close. Well, I, I'm, I'm going the other way. I'm going to go Eagles by four points. Oh, fingers crossed. But you touched but on But I don't want them to. Now, this is a question <laughs> I was going to throw out to you. Um, and you kind of touched on it, uh, two things like – so we'll quickly go mid-season draft. You talked about Joyce going on it. As far as I'm concerned, yep, get him long-term injury list. Alan, no point playing. We've touched on a long-term injury list. You know, and Nick Nat's apparently uh, – in front of where they thought he would be, he's developing well, progressing well. Sorry, so but if he's not, don't risk him. So that's three. You could bring yeah. in three more players in the mid-season draft, um, and then you also touched, which I reckon you do. So that that's why I brought that because you kind yeah. of mentioned. And then you mentioned O'Neill might be unlucky not be there. Everyone wants to retire the senior players because of their age, but that's not what you do. You don't gut a club no, out you straight don't away. Gut them. So this is how you do it, and this is the method. That works. So let's just say, and I'm only going to throw names out there. I'm not retiring. I'm not saying they're playing bad footy. So you retire three this year. So Hearn, JK, the easy ones. Chuck a Redden in there because you want a Clark or a West to play more time in there. Then the year after, maybe it'll be, you know, a Shuey and a Cripps. Then the year after that, the third year, it'll be maybe a Nick Nat, maybe a, a, a Gov and then a Gaff. You know what I mean? Yeah. So suddenly you've just retired in over two and a half years Eight players. That's how you do it. You phase them out. You yep. don't just cut there and think this is great. You don't trade everyone in their high 20s, the 27, 28. You don't just no. trade them all because they don't have a huge value at that age and you need that bracket to bring the next mm-hmm. trail. And you don't just cut and retire every senior player either. You phase them out. Uh, it, it, it annoys and, the hell out of me. Oh, it does. Mate, if you listen to our supporters, yeah. the coach is gone, the CEO is gone, the recruiting staff has gone, all the senior players are retired, yeah. all the 28-year-olds and 27-year-olds are all traded. <laughs> You've well, got to be left with nothing. But then I did a is, Facebook thing yeah. and I said, name your team. If everyone's fit, name your yeah. team. And not one of them played – Named hardly any of the kids. No, they And don't. they're the ones that are saying, play the kids, play the kids, play the kids. And that gets to my, my point is, so in that theory there, I phased out eight plays in two and a half years. But then where you do it is, what you touched on, O'Neill might be unlucky not be there. And O'Neill's a favourite of mine. But that's what happens. If yep. players are in your system for two, three years and haven't shown enough, have had AFL games and not shown enough, have not shown enough at Waffle... That's where you rejuvenate as well. You recycle through the plays. And it sounds very brutal, but AFL is a brutal business. So that's what it is. O'Neill might be unlucky. Winder might be unlucky. You don't know. Like, these are the plays that, right, we've given you these chances. We've given you the opportunity. You haven't performed. You're off the list too. It's not just cut every senior player. It's reevaluating your entire list no matter the age. Well, our next coach of the AFL once told me, he said, uh, when they look at the list, if a player's been on the um, list four years and haven't played a game, are they going to play another game? So that's where they started at. Yeah. It's a four-year mark. And then they work their way back and then they go to the old guys like that. Yeah. So that's, like you said, don't throw all the babies out with the bathwater, as they say, you know what yeah. I mean? Um, look, we'll talk more about the pre-season draft, uh, the mid-season draft next week because I have posted a couple on there. So I've got two more to go, but... I'll talk about them more in full next week when both you and Wayne are on. Uh, thanks for joining us, guys, um, on 
um, on the show this week. Uh, we're on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter and wherever you listen to the show. Um, send in messages. Tell us where you listen to them so we can, you know, push them out to that place if there's a certain number listen to Apple or a certain number listen to SoundCloud or Spotify. Just let us know and, um, yeah, share the show if you can and – yeah, tell your friends, tell your family. Let's hope for an Eagles win, eh? Yeah, and uh, until next week, uh, who knows, we could be singing the song next week, but the odds are we probably won't be. Odds are never in our favour. So for that, we'll go out with the song. Yeah, why not? Catch us. Catch us.